Welcome to Substance Free 02043, brought to you by Hingham Cares. I'm your host, Kristen Arute, and I am President and Program Director of Hingham Cares. We are a federally funded nonprofit prevention coalition, and our mission is to reduce substance use among youth in our community. To that end, we bring educational programming into the schools, and we make various resources available to residents in Hingham, all of which are focused on highlighting the risks associated with the underage use of drugs and alcohol. Our guest today is Laurie Tobin. Laurie is a resident of Hull and has created a very compelling documentary about the harmfulness of vaping. Welcome, Laurie. Thank you for having me, Kristen. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what prompted this project. Back in 2006, I started an exercise program at the grammar school because my son is a very active, busy kid and first and second graders, he's way too much energy to sit down. So I started an exercise program. I took the kids to the gym. I had 40 kids the first time we began because it was offered at the school and I had to get a few more parents. And I also coached soccer from the second grade all the way up to eighth grade and Boy Scouts, you name it. I had a son and I was very, very busy with him. And so I met a lot of these other children as well. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to about 2018 or 19, I'm driving along, I see one of my former students who now is in high school, and he's vaping, and I can see plumes of smoke coming out of him, and I'm like, no, 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 this is not okay with me, so because I already had shows here at Harbor Media, I came up and I asked Fazad, he was the person in charge here at that time, he goes, you should do a documentary, so that began my, you know, whole thing here with the, doing the vaping we filmed, we filmed a bunch of Mara Healy, we filmed Dr. Jonathan Whittakoff. That's how I began it, because I, I wasn't having the kids were starting to smoke again. What did you know about vaping at the time? Very little, and it looked really gross to me, because it was these plumes of smoke. It's just not something I think kids should be doing. I don't think anybody should be doing it personally, but um, certainly not kids. And you talk in your presentation about the fact that you are a former smoker and you watched your parents struggle because they were smokers. Tell yes. us about that. I smoked when I was about 14 and I quit when I was about 24 or 25 and I started running and I've never looked back. So, but my parents Amazing. have smoked their whole entire lives and my mother did quit, but she ended up with cancer and died from lung cancer. My father had um, some complications due to smoking which took him out too so it's just not something that you want to see somebody go through especially a loved one so that's why another reason why I did it as well you didn't want to see people struggling the way that you and your parents had so you include some testimonials from kids who've been who've become addicted to vaping some of which are kept private so people their faces are dark and their voices are changed in the film and one young man talks about how difficult it's been for him to kick the habit I've heard others say that it's more challenging than alcohol or any drug to give up why is that it's three times as strong as a normal cigarette is so when you have one vaping pod in my film, Dr. Jonathan Whittakoff, he is the head pediatric doctor from MGH. He's also a Harvard professor. It is three times as strong, so one pod equals one pack of cigarettes. So wow. it hits their frontal lobes. They actually, it only takes about three inhalations to get a teen addicted. It's that quick. And then quitting is really hard. In my film, you get to hear about how the parents, you know, the struggles with the kids' behavior. Because when they want their nicotine, you know, they, they become very, very 
angry and they're, you know, they're, they need their nicotine. It is a perfect thing to get a young kid addicted and it's horrible. The documentary also highlights two stories of young men whose lives were radically impacted by vaping. One is a young man who was an incredible athlete and ended up choosing vaping over hockey. That really speaks to the addictive nature of this product. What was his story? A brother and a sister, a mom and dad. Mom was a nurse. Um, mom obviously didn't know how bad it was, the addiction. And, the you know, when he needed his nicotine, she found out how the fighting that would go on about coming out of him because he was just, you know, not happy that he didn't have his nicotine. He needed it because he was addicted to it. And he is in college now. Um, he's still fighting the addiction, which is really sad. It's, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, these families have been just torn apart, and it's really hard to get them off of this. Jonathan Witikoff in the film, Dr. Jonathan, talks about, you know, patches, and you need to go see a health professional, and gum. Those two combined can help kids, but you really need to go get help. And there has to be that willingness yes. to do it as well. Exactly. And that's what my fil film brings up with kids. The hook is really Daniel, which we'll get into later, uh, because they can see before and after with Daniel. And wow, it really gets them to drop their jaws. I've shown this film probably 10 times now that you could hear a pin drop. The kids just are like their jaws drop. They just are paying attention because it really hits home with them, because they all know somebody that vapes. Right. Some of them even vape as well. Right, so right. So it's, it's really heartbreaking. It's very relatable when they actually hear. It's one thing to hear from a doctor mm -hmm. or to hear from a concerned parent, but for these kids to actually hear testimonials straight from the mouths of other teens, that's pretty compelling. It's very, very compelling. You've already mentioned Tim, the story of Daniel, and what I find so interesting about his story is that he says that he never actually owned a vape product. He would borrow his friend's vapes on the weekends, but even just that little bit of recreational use had devastating consequences. He ended up needing a double lung transplant, which destroyed his chances of realizing his lifelong dream of becoming a Navy SEAL, correct? Yep, yep. and his whole family's in the military brothers and his uh, his father and the before and after photos of him are dramatic as well just horrifying I think a lot of people are under the impression that oh if my if my kids don't buy it and my kids aren't using it regularly mm -hmm. then there's no harm but his story really flies in the face of that logic it does it does and for Daniel he got injured from running and so he started hanging out with kids that were vaping. So, you know, if your friends are doing that, it won't be long before you do that. So that's a, that's a real issue because you're hanging out with kids that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And, it's, you know, it makes it uncomfortable if you're not doing it too. So I understand that. And probably a little bit of peer pressure because they want to belong, but not, not outright peer pressure, which I have stories on that too when you want to hear about that one. Initially... The product was portrayed as being safer than cigarettes. It was portrayed as something that was safe. So I think a lot of people use the product thinking that they weren't doing much harm to their bodies, if, if harm at all. Yeah, it was complete lies. The big company, Juul, has been sued really well. Um, so that's good. But there's a million other companies that are out there, the disposables. There's, it's, it's an onward going battle. It's billions and billions of dollars these companies are making off of kids. So Daniel right. didn't own it. He was getting them from his friends, and he could go a couple days without vaping. Somehow he got something, 
and it took out his lungs. It was really bad. Yeah. And he was a healthy kid, really healthy. Right. So, you know, his, his whole point when he talks to the kids is, if it can happen to me, it can happen to you. And that sticks with them. It really, really resonates with kids. One of the appealing aspects of vaping for users is that it is undetectable. So unlike cigarettes, people can vape without anyone even knowing that they're doing it. Why is that? Can you explain to our audience why that is? I think they make that purposely that way so that kids can fool their parents and schools and teachers. It is a little device and it has, some of them have lights on them and it's electronic so you have to power it up and you can inhale it and it goes into your lungs and if you blow it out, it's even, the smoke is even less than what it used to be. So they could blow it into their shirt. They could blow it into, you know, into their desk. It's not going to be like a smoke that you'd see from a cigarette or a cigar. So it, that's one thing. And it's probably going to smell like bubble gum or it smell like mango right. or some type of fruit. And so you're going to think, oh, you know, one kid said to his mom, it's, mom we're just chewing bubble gum. And so she didn't know because she could smell it. The kids were up in their bedroom, and she said, what are you guys doing? And he said, oh, we're just chewing bubble gum. Some of the vaping pens actually look like everyday utensils, like a USB drive. Right, and so parents will run to the bus and say, hey, you forgot your USB drive, and it's actually a vape. Wow. So it's, it's very sad. And so parents, you know, it's really tough if your kid is vaping for you to figure out that they're vaping. I had a son. I went through his room. I think you need to go through your room, their rooms. You're a parent. It's your home, and it's your job as a parent to go through their rooms, in my opinion. I never found anything, but I was checking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once you learn about things like this, then you become that much more concerned about it. Right. Well, my son never vaped. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, well, he actually did. He He told me he tried it. He thought it was really stupid. And he wasn't fooled because he knows his grandmother died from smoking cigarettes. So that's what he told me. So people can vape all kinds of things. Yes, they can. Nicotine, marijuana. Yep. And that fluid that's in there is bad. They recently did a study on it. Whether you're doing marijuana or whether you're doing nicotine, it's not water. It's a really unbelievable bad chemical stuff. And it sticks to your lungs and it still affects your lungs and it deteriorates them. I heard a presenter, this is very early on when we were learning more and more about the harmfulness of vaping, and she said, you know, a lot of people have this misconception that it's water, right? and that you're just breathing in water, but she said, no, in fact, it's chemicals, and it's the same thing as if you were to spray water on your hair, eventually it would evaporate, and your hair would be just like it was before, but this is like spraying hairspray on your hair, and that sticky residue stays there and that's where the dangerousness is and also the flavors your lungs are not supposed to process food it's not supposed to process the different things bubble gum or the mango strawberry whatever that your lungs aren't supposed to do that your lungs are a very very specialized organ and your stomach can do that but not your lungs so with the banning of flavored vapes they become less appealing to teens They've been banned here in Massachusetts. However, the damage has been done for many of them. They're hooked. How does a child or a young adult get support to give up vaping? And you've already kind of alluded to that. They need to go to their parents or go to a health professional and have them get on whatever they need, whether it's gum or whether it is the patch. And, you know, obviously a pediatrician would know how much a kid needs as opposed to an adult. 
when we're out in Montana, they have an epic problem with vaping third graders. And you know that the new vapes, which are the puff bars and the rest of those, they are flavored. Juul can't sell their flavored. However, there's these other products which are disposables. And you know when you go for a walk, I go for a run, I'll pick them up and you can find these disposable vapes on the side of the street. They don't belong in trash because they're, you know, they have combustible parts. They're still flavored, so they're still, they still have them. And, you know, I've heard of stories in my town where older kids were selling them to younger kids. And they can also buy the liquid juice Mm -hmm. and you can put it into your vape. Basically, there are ways to get around the restrictions. There's a little debate over what the numbers really look like. Are the numbers going down? Are the vaping numbers going down? Well, my business has increased a lot. I'm getting a lot of you know, requests from parents and from schools wanting me to come in. Okay. So um, a year ago, not as much. So I think, uh, you know, it's, the pandemic is over. They're starting to realize they have a problem or they're starting to do something about it. So it's one or the other. It's just one of those things where Daniel, too. I mean, Daniel could work every day, every day of the week. They constantly want Daniel to come out and talk to the students. Um, so it's really something that... If you go by how many people are reaching out, I would say the numbers they're giving you are incorrect. So tell us a little bit about your time with Daniel. You were recently out in Montana attending different workshops, showing your film and having him speak as well in person. We were invited to come out Toole County Health Department, which is out in Shelby, Montana. They set us up at six schools, six high schools. So we had to go from town to town to town and drive around a lot to a day. Now, Daniel, wow. because he is has a double lung transplant, the medicine they give him so he doesn't reject the lungs is horrible. And he is so sick from it. I thought, oh, great, Daniel's coming. We can go to the gym. We can do this. We can do that. It was like, Laurie, I am straight out. If I can get my college, because he takes school online, he does mm-hmm. college online, that would be good. But he couldn't do much more than that. Wow. He was just so down for the count from this medicine. Right. And it just, it breaks your heart because this kid, he gets up there and he talks with the students and they listen to him and they ask him questions. And it's just, he's just an angel. I mean, you know, to go from what he's gone through and to be up there and using his life for good. That's tremendously brave of him. Oh, it is. It is. And he's very smart and he's very bright. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to, you know, talk to the kids and get around their questions because sometimes they, you know, they're, they're like poking holes and his, you know, they just, kids can be very, you want them to ask questions, but Daniel just handles it. He's such a pro. He's amazing. And he has Fight for Wellness, which is his, he created a nonprofit, Fight, the number four, Wellness. And he travels around and he does this. So he's up to Alaska next month. He goes to Alaska and Arkansas. It's amazing. What are some of the most common questions that he gets from kids? Can you do any more sports? No. You know, what is it like? How many pills do you have to take? You know, he's lost his hair. He's only got a little bit of hair. They ask him a lot of questions like that, what his daily life is. You know, what is he doing now? You know, because he wanted to be a Navy SEAL and then he'll tell them about his college and you know, what he's up to. So he's, he's inspirational. Do you have any specific advice for parents who are concerned about their kids either vaping or potentially vaping or who want to stave off their, their children going down that path? What advice, what's your best piece of advice for parents? 
know who their friends are, and make sure they're hanging with good kids. Keep them active, you know, whether it's sports or whether it's crafts, whatever. I mean, my son, as you can tell, because I coached a lot of the stuff that he was doing, I kept him very busy. And that was very, very important because they need to be, they need structure. I mean, they'll complain that they want to just play on their phones. But the truth is, they really need structure. They need to be with other kids. They need to be out doing things that are fun. And if they can't find them, then you better. Because if not, you leave kids to their own devices or their own time schedules, they'll find something to do, but it might not be what you want them to do. In this day and age, you really need to know what your kids are doing. What about conversation starters around the dinner table? Anything that you would suggest? I always ask, hey, what's going on? Do you know, hear anything about that vaping stuff? Have you seen anybody with mm-hmm. it? You know, do you, do you know of any of that? Some of these poor kids can't even use the bathroom because other kids are vaping in the bathrooms. Right. And they don't want it because if you go in and they catch, they grab them all. So that's a real problem. And if so, the kids should go to the nurse and go to the nurse's bathroom in case parents don't know that. Okay. Very important. Just if your child can't use the bathroom, they should go to the nurse and use the nurse's bathroom. So that's a really important little tidbit of information for parents, too. I think a lot of parents, you know, you send your kids off to school, in particular at the upper levels, like the middle school, high school age, and Mm -hmm. parents aren't as involved, certainly not in the classroom. So the parents aren't going into the school building. They're not really understanding fully what's taking place within the school building. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, you know, administration and teachers do their best to communicate information but something like that is a really important little tidbit and there is bullying i know of a story i can't name anybody um but they were at a inside the gym locker room and older kids were forcing younger kids to vape so i do think that supervision supervision with the kids even in your locker room i think is important because this this was a horrible thing that i had heard about And I thought, wow, that's that's really sad. There's got to be a coach or maybe the AD. Go in the locker room when the boys are there. Because you can't tell if a kid's been vaping unless you're right there after it happens. And uh, those smoke detectors don't work. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you heard the study, and I believe it was the FDA, but one of the groups came up with that vaping is linked to depression. Meaning vaping is a cause, I mean, depression is a causal effect of vaping Uh or that people with depression vape? It's actually, I think it's both. I know a young man that he is dead and he was a vapor. So he took his own life, you mean? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. It is. So not only is it, sometimes people think, oh, it's just tobacco. It's not that big of a deal. No, it not only does it affect their brains, it also causes depression. It causes all kinds of bad things. Right. So vaping is just not something you want your kids around. Even the smoke, even that smoke and that that touches the surfaces, that stuff's really bad. Even if they're in a car with somebody that's been vaping, you don't want that. This concept of secondhand smoke, what, what happens with that vapor that is exhaled when someone's vaping? Is it dangerous? It is dangerous. Dr. Jonathan Whitakoff said it coats every surface that, it's in the, that it touches in its range. And those are chemicals. They're bad chemicals. You shouldn't be inhaling them. You shouldn't be around them and touching them. They're, they're bad, and they're, they're still doing studies. It's going to take a while. You don't, you don't want to be touching anything that's touched that vapor. It seems as though product goes to market, gets approval, and then we learn about the negative effects 
yes. for years afterward. Exactly. And it almost seems as though we're continuing to learn new negative effects um, the more we dig into this particular product. It's bad. I had another, I won't say who the doctor was, but they told me, not on camera, that he has patients that are vaping. He's known since they were infants. says they won't live to see 30. It'll take you out quicker than cigarettes will because it's three times as strong in the chemicals. That was very powerful, and I would have loved to have him put it on camera, but he wasn't comfortable doing that. But this was another pediatrician that told me that. Well, then there's, you know, there's this whole component when you're talking about any substance use with teens uh, before the brain is fully developed. There's that malleability. There's that highly, uh, that high uh, proclivity to becoming addicted to something. Mm -hmm. So if you start vaping when you're 16 years old, chances are you'll become addicted and it will be very difficult to give it up simply because your brain is forming all of these passageways and connections and, and habits and things like that. And so it becomes a part of the brain development. And I think that adds to the level of dangerousness. It does. It does. And it's because it is so strong as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's bad stuff. So what advice would you have for teens about staying safe around vape products? And I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> I would stay away from it. Don't do it. Stay away from it. When I present my film beforehand, I ask the kids questions. And I say, what would you say to a friend if you found out they were vaping? Knowing fully well that a lot of these kids are vaping. They, they need to think because your life is more than this little microcosm of time right now mm -hmm. what are you going to be doing five years from now or 10 years from now remember when you see adults walking around smoking like kids in their people in their 20s and 30s they started when they were teens they started when they were kids just like you so you want to remember that and do you want to be that adult who is like doing that it's a waste of money it's bad for your health it's horrible stuff so what would you rather be doing with your time when you're an adult so you always want to be looking forward. What do I want to do? Where am I going? We always say that kids have a future. They all have bright all futures have ahead of them. Yeah. And anything that choices that they make now mm -hmm. can potentially impact their futures. So okay. if they start using substances, there is that long-term impact. Exactly. Do something that you're going to have fun and you're going to learn and you're going to be able to be creative. That's much better than doing something that's going to potentially kill you. You stated something earlier in the interview where you said that it just takes three puffs before somebody can become addicted. Yes, the teenage brain. Seriously, like staying away from this product is so critical because you may think that you can try it a little bit, but the likelihood of becoming addicted to it is that high. So um, tell us some of the things that you've been doing and what you have coming up next. I'm going to be going to Nantucket, mm -hmm. which is, is a whole other thing because I'm going to be showing it to schools down there and parents and so they have a large Spanish population so I have to get my film done in Spanish for the parents so when the parents come they'll be able to watch the film and now they want the posters as well so my nice. posters have to be done in Spanish so they're keeping me pretty busy good but I feel like that's great because you know there may be more communities that need that Right. So that'll be nice. Um, Daniel is supposed to come out next October, mm -hmm. and hopefully we'll be able to get him to speak to the kids here in Hingham. I hope so, yes. He's amazing. Right. And so that, and he's also going to go to Nantucket and talk with the kids as well. Banks have been reaching out to me and groups from like Western Mass and Dean Bank, which is one of the banks out there, mm -hmm. bought the film for 
Franklin Mass for the school system. So they have the film. So they're showing it to their students. That's great. And it's shown through my, my website, takingatoke.com. Um, so we've had schools buying it. Unfortunately, they won't tell me who's buying it because I would reach out and say, do you want me to come and speak? Right. But they won't allow that. But um, Vimeo is selling it online, or I can actually come with my drive, and I can actually show it and talk to the kids, which I love to talk with the kids. And then we have some other inquiries from Montana. They want us to come out again, another group. And um, Connecticut, they're looking at it as well. So it's it's starting to, it's more grassroots. And the film has um, so many really great people, and I try to get that across to the kids because I have the governor, Maury Healy's in it. Dr. Jonathan Whitakoff, I have the head, the surgeon that did Daniel's lungs. These people are very busy, busy people. I'm not a Hollywood person. I'm just Laurie. <laughs> and um, so, I, you know, it's amazing to me that they came out. So I tell the kids that. They rolled up their sleeves and came out because it's important for them that you know the truth about vaping. That's what the film's about, is telling them the truth and hopefully, hopefully helping them make better choices and decisions. The more educated you are, the better quality decisions you make. And we're looking forward to having you come to Hingham on Hingham Cares Day on May 17th. You'll be speaking to the freshman class. Yep. And you did a terrific job last year speaking to that group. So we're delighted to have you come. How can people learn more about your film? You just talked about uh, all the different places that you're going and the connections that you're making. But what's your website? The website is takingatoke.com. So you'll find on there, I was on Fox News in October. So there's the interview from that. I was interviewed from ABC out in Montana. I'm still trying to get that film. Great. (laughs) So you have to keep working them. So I try to put that on because people like to see like an interview. Something like this is very good too, Mm -hmm. because they don't know about me. They're still learning. They don't know about the film. And so it's important to do you know, as much of that stuff as I can, because then parents can see it and administrators from schools can see it and say, we need to get that. Wonderful Hingham Cares. You guys can just do amazing things. So it was, I'm so grateful. You were my first time I came out. I don't know if you knew, but I was like crying. No, I didn't know that. Oh, are you getting all worked up right now? A little bit. I'm so touched. Well, we were so happy to provide you with that opportunity I mean it's just such a tremendous film it's incredibly powerful it's important and those personal stories of these young men when it comes to gender breakdown of vaping use yeah do you find that it's more boys than girls more men than women it's more boys that from what I'm seeing it's more boys but girls still do it too right they do yeah so it's very sad it's hard when you go and talk to kids and You know, because they shouldn't have to go through this right now. You know, I mean, smoking was almost done with these kids. Right. And it's so, so sad. They've got enough with the social media, and they've had this COVID, and now, you know, I mean, the vaping's been happening too, but it's it's more than these kids need or deserve. So there has to be a way to help them in any way we can. Prevention starts at home. So all of the advice that you've given for parents has been so important. We can educate them in the schools. Their doctors can talk to them. They can even have conversations with their peers. But it really starts in the home. And and the relationship that parents have with their kids is so critical. One of my uh, friend's older neighbors gave me a clip. Her daughter 
and her friend did in junior high on vaping for junior high, and I gave it to you. Yes. That is really good for your younger group because the junior high, even the fifth graders, and as I said, they have third graders that are addicted out in Montana. Right. Um, So that is something for that age group. My film, I think kids can see it in junior high, and I think that they should because I certainly was showing it out in Montana. Right. And I have shown it in Hull also. Right. uh, To the junior high. But I think that, you know, there needs to be a little bit more creative to that mindset of younger kids, Mm -hmm. but they need to know about it too. You can't start too young. I mean, you really can't. There are so many different ways that we talk with kids about prevention without even realizing it. You know, don't put that toy in your mouth. Don't take candy from someone that you don't know. Don't eat out of somebody else's bowl. You know, those different things that we talk about to make sure that they're making safe and healthy choices about what they're putting into their bodies. And that's the precursor to preventing substance use. Knowledge is power. Yes, absolutely. I sometimes will get into the fact that if they play sports, they get endorphins. That's your natural high doesn't cost a thing, and right. it's wonderful. Right. And it feels really good. So I, I'm a proponent of doing something physical because of that. It's been really great having you here, Laurie. We're so happy for the success that you've had with your film. We look forward to having you come to Hingham Cares Day on May 17th. And hopefully we can get you out into the community and and start spreading the word on your behalf. This podcast certainly will help. People can get to know you, hear a little bit about what the film's all about. And that should uh, work out well for you and for anyone who's listening to this podcast. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Kristen. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You have been listening to Substance Free 02043. I'm your host, Kristen Arut, and I want to thank our guest, Laurie Tobin, for joining us today for such an important conversation. I hope you will tune in again. For more info or to get involved, go to HinghamCares.org.